Hey, what's up, Cougar fans? Welcome back to the Holy City Hoops podcast. Happy holidays. Happy Friday. If you're listening to this on the day it drops, what are we doing releasing a show on a Friday? Well, there's a couple big games we got to recap. The Cougars had two important matchups this past week against the Atlantic 10 on the road at Richmond and then hosting a ranked VCU team for a much-anticipated rematch of that game last year. As you probably know by now, the Cougars did not get a win in either of those games, came up short, but showed some good signs. Uh, Brevin Galloway having a career high, Sam Miller had a career high against Richmond, Grant Riller on a tear as usual, putting up some jaw-dropping numbers and performances, some not-so-great habits as well, which we're going to get into on today's show. And joining me is our friend David Crowley. So you know him from the Alley Charleston uh, downtown. You know him from the Cougar Club. Or you may just remember him from when he was on the show last year. He was at both games, including with the team in Richmond, as well as against VCU. So we're going to parse through both of those games, talk about the team, talk about the program in general, CFC athletics, all that fun stuff. We're winding down the non-conference portion of college basketball before you know it we're going to be into conference play and the Cougars have definitely tested themselves to this point it hasn't been easy and they've taken their lumps but we're going to talk about how that has maybe prepped them for Colonial Athletic Association play coming up if this is your first time listening to the show make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform Apple Spotify Google Podcasts Stitcher follow us on social media at Holy City Hoops on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and check out holycityhoops.com. That's where you'll find every episode, some blog posts to keep you occupied in between. We've got you all covered through conference play. But for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, we're bringing in Mr. Richmond, Virginia to talk a couple Richmond basketball schools. David Crowley, what's going on, my dude? What's up, Tommy? How are you, my friend? I don't know that I would actually classify as Mr. Richmond, but I'll take it. If I'm Mr. Any City, um, I'm going to go ahead and take that as a compliment. There you go. I mean, we've got University of Richmond and VCU were the last two games. I mean, who else am I going to have on? The answer is no one. You know, I've got I can I can claim Richmond as a uh, you know second home. My, my parents live up there. My brother lives up there. I've got a lot of family in Richmond. And I was at the Richmond game, and I was um, at the VCU game. So, yeah, I will strongly embrace Mr. Richmond for this podcast. <laughs> well, let, let's start with the game at Richmond. Did you did you take the the private jet up with the team? Are you big balling like that? Yeah, I took my own private jet, Tommy. Um, okay. Yeah, it was the Alley, Alley Air, um, the Alley the bar <laughs> I own. So we decided, no, I didn't. Um, it actually brings up a good point. I, I, we, uh, we did a contest with the board last year, and whoever recruited the most amount of people over, I think it was like a couple weeks span, had a free charter with the team this year. Well, the person that won the contest, contest was my idea, happened to be me. And so... That sounds like it's rigged. Yeah, so I flew Delta. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. Let's just get to the point here. I, yeah, I, I connected. I flew coach. Uh, up to Richmond, but uh, flights were easy, and I enjoyed it. And you know, it was a good three-day weekend, and and I got to go attend the Richmond game with some couple CFC alumni and a couple other Richmond buddy 
a couple alumni and then a couple other uh, Richmond friends that are a big basketball guy. So it was fun. I, I think I could hear you guys. I mean, it came across on TV like there was a, a pretty strong section of, uh, of Charleston fans there. Well, that's that would be um, my vocals can can do that. Um, you know, a few beers I think we had before the game and the, you know, wrong the, Robins, the Robins Center converted to selling um, selling alcohol and selling uh, beers uh, last year, I believe. So we obviously did our research there and um, <laughs> there weren't there weren't that many fans. I'd say there's probably about 15 to 20 of us, but I, I did bring some guys that were relatively vocal. Um, there including you go. myself so yeah i'm glad that we were able to uh to to make that make any noise that that was audible well i mean that that richmond team is doing so well i thought um and, and it being a weekend game i thought the, the crowd would be there but um good game overall i thought um richmond is a, is a good squad i think they're gonna have a good season this year wish the cougars could have pulled it out but uh you know what were just kind of your overall impressions watching from behind the bench there yeah, you know, going into that game, um, Richmond does have a good team. The Atlantic 10 is a strong conference this year. And what they displayed early season play, you've got three teams. You know, I think going in, Davidson was, was you know, the, the, the favorite with five returning starters. They've had some issues with a transfer and then injuries. But um, the way that Richmond's looked, beating Wisconsin, um, you know, playing Auburn tough, Going into the game nine and one, I, I knew that was going to be a very difficult matchup for us. Those A10 teams, how good Dayton's looked, how good VCU's looked, which we'll talk about. Um, Richmond, I feel that that one of those teams has the ability um, with the landscape. I feel like overall is down compared compared to last year with Power Fives and overall just the, the overall landscape of college basketball. I think one of those three teams, I would not be surprised to see. Um, in the Elite Eight. If not, then this would be a bold prediction, one of those teams in the Final Four. So going into it, I um, you know, I knew that Mooney, Mooney's been around, Chris Mooney, their head coach, yeah. for a while. I knew they played a tough style. I watched them play once this year, when the game they beat Wisconsin. Um, I knew Golden was a presence. They don't have a senior on the roster. All juniors. They've got, they've got shooters. You know, Mooney's known for – the old school, you know, he came from from the Princeton backdoor offense, and and you know that ended up getting us a few times. But I, you know, I, I knew we were going to have to play a really good game. I knew they were going to focus on Riller. They're very much a defensive minded team, like like we saw with UCF and Johnny Dawkins twice. So that's that's tough for us as we're as we're trying to develop an identity. You know, with with Grant Riller being our superstar, and, and who's going to step up, and it kind of leads into what what transpired early in the game, which was which was great to see. Because if I remember correctly, and I didn't have that many beers, so I do remember <laughs> correctly, uh, we were up twelve to four. Yeah, and you know, it was it was that's probably when you heard me, Galloway. I mean, Brevin Galloway's a ball. We we've known that for a while. He really. Rev really stepped up last year on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, the, the way he plays defense, what he's able to do. He was a pure shooter coming in, you know. And then he had his, he had his, he had his 20 right, second birthday the day before yeah. and goes out and scores maybe the first 10 of 12 or 8 of 12. And we were fired up because that's what we needed. Secondary scoring. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, 
a heck of a start. Um, the guys that I was with at the game were, you know, they're pretty savvy basketball guys. They, you know, we knew that we just had to hang. Being up 12-4 was not even a big enough cushion against that team because because they can shoot, and, and that's what started to happen. Um, yeah. You know, the, the I tell you what, the, the kid that was the most impressive for Richmond was Francis, the transfer from Wagner, left-handed. He was the one who was Garden Riller most of the night. Garden Riller and, and and played really. I think he scored. And he may have scored. You're probably looking at the stats. I'm not. I think he scored 20. He just hit clutch shot after clutch shot. And there was a quote I saw. Earl said every time we made a mistake, they capitalized off it. Or, yeah, you know, like that. And, and it really felt like we got punched in the mouth every time. A, you know, a small turnover from Sam Miller was a three by Francis. So yep. it was um we knew if we could walk away and play them tough, we would be content. We did. Of course you want the win, but we knew that was gonna be a really tough one for us. Um and you know, overall, and I'll let you kind of dissect a little more, I was proud of the way we played and I felt that you know, there was a good three-minute stretch in that first half towards the end of the first half that got us down 10. And Richmond's mm-hmm. just not one of those teams. You know, they're not playing a pack line defense, but it's it's close to it. They, they really guard you well, and they're a tough team to come back on. So when they got up 10, you know, we felt deflated. But we had the second half, and, you know, Sam Miller played well. Galloway played well. Um, you know, Zepp stepped up a little bit both in these past two games. Grant was completely nullified in that first half. Um, yep. So, you know, I'll let you dive into it a little bit from, from what you saw. You're, you actually didn't get to see the game. Is that correct? I didn't get to see the VCU game because I was at the, the D.C. alumni holiday party. I mean, I checked the score. I saw we were up eight. So I assume we went on to win that game, right? D.C. alumni holiday party wasn't streaming it through Flow Sports. What, what? I was willing to log in for them, but no, nobody would put it on for me. Come on, man. I will um I will talk that one up the yeah. chain here. Let's get that in Charleston. Because yeah. We gotta <laughs> fix that, right? Okay, so you did see the Richmond game. Saw though. the Richmond game. Yeah, I mean I agree with, with what you said. The the biggest thing for me was Galloway kind of breaking out of that funk he was in. He went a couple games where he just couldn't hit anything and he has a, a career high. Miller has a career high. So you figure it had a lot of the ingredients that Charleston needed to win. I mean, they got their secondary scoring with, with Riller kind of blanketed. I think he only had two points for the most of the first half until he had like a layup at the halftime buzzer. But, um, you know, I thought that our defense was pretty good. Like you said, they got burned by some of those kind of William and Mary type Princeton offense plays, like a backdoor cut. Definitely a couple like painful secondary opportunities where, you know, they get an offensive rebound, they kick it out and get a three where it's just like, uh, back-breaking type shots. Absolutely. But I thought, you know, we didn't get crushed on the boards, didn't turn it over a ton. So we were in the game the whole time. But, yeah, it's just – it seems to be what happened in the VCU game as well. You you have, like, this lull where it seems like you just can't generate any offense and, and the other team goes on that run to either erase a deficit they're in or to, or to take a, a lead, and Charleston just doesn't have the horses to, to come back from something like that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, it, you know, it was good. It was good to see, you know, once, like I mentioned before, that, that 10-point lead against a team like Richmond that'll slow you down, that'll that'll man you up, 
that'll play tough D and they're going to utilize every possession very well on the offensive end of the floor, whether they're, whether they're running that pit Princeton backdoor cut and getting that layup or they're getting, they're getting a good look every time. It just seems to be a tough thing to come back from. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you got real that two points in the first half, and I think 15, 17, yeah, I think maybe scored 15 in the second half. And all of a sudden he starts going at the basket and charging and we cut it back. You know, we cut it back to three points. Yeah. And, um, you really feel like we're in it. And then, you know, again, we kind of have, like like you said, a bit of a lull. Um, you know, with those guys, with Miller and, and Galloway stepping up the way they did, you know, we all walked out of that arena. You know, I mean, again, you don't want to say this, you know, with a, a, a program like the College of Charleston that we're used to winning and we're used to beating teams like a Richmond. But with this team and, and how we're developing and we're young and we lost a – you know, a top five score all time. One of one of the greatest college Austin players ever last year, and and Jarrell Brantley. You know, you're starting to see in these past two games. It's two losses. Yes, they're gut punches, but we're starting to develop an identity, and, and I feel that's that's the that's the positive takeaway from certainly from from at U of R that that gave us a bunch of hope, kind of going into. Um, you know, just last night down here, but, but I, um, I felt good that, you know, that we, um, we, we were in foul trouble down low. Grant Golden's a tough player. He had a great game. He's, yeah. He's been good for Richmond you know, for several years. I think he had a heart condition. I mean, he, he's a very, very interesting story, but I think he had a heart condition and then came back and he, uh, he can play. And, um, you know, we, we just don't, we don't have a true five, you know, and, um, I don't know that we miss Nick Harris, but we 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 um I like how we're playing small, but we were we were on the glass there, and I again I'm not looking at statistics, but we I felt that OC and Sam the boxing out the fundamentals looked good, and I hadn't really seen a lot of that from this team so far this year until that game. So definitely a bunch of positives to take away. Teams are going to nullify Riller. And we've got to have that secondary, uh, not just a secondary option. We've got to have a third and a fourth and, yeah. you know, and a spark off the bench. It's how we're going to, you know, get into CAA play and have some success. Well, I want to talk to you about identity a little bit because the team is small and the thing that's been holding them back so far has been that three-point shooting. So if you're going to go small, yeah. you have to be able to nullify that by by making shots. You have to have shooters around there and, I know Earl is says time and time again that this team can shoot and can score and has scores, but the stats have not backed that up yet. And, and this Richmond game, I know a lot of fans were looking at that three-point shooting in this game and didn't think it was the recipe for success. Um, Coog shot 23% from deep against Richmond, 6 for 26 overall. I don't know if that's the recipe for success, but then, you know, Against VCU, they they drained like nine in the first half or whatever it was, something crazy. That, to me, is is the biggest maybe issue right now. It's just if you're going to go small and you're going to give something up on like the rebounding and, and defensive end, you have to make up for it with, with some scoring. Um, so that stood out to me about the Richmond game. Certainly. And we're, we're still, it seems like the team is still kind of figuring that out. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. You know, I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll get into VCU in a minute, and all of a sudden we saw some shooting that we had no idea that we had. You know, we've got shooters in the team, and it all says it, but we, but I, I don't know. 
are you looking at the statistics year to date? What have we shot from three? And going into that Richmond game, I would guess it would be 30% or below. So we, we, I mean, we have just easily, you know, we play small ball. And if you're playing small ball, exactly like you said. So CFC going into the VCU game, that's the last time I see it, but CFC ranked 305th in the nation in three-point shooting. That is not a good ranking, Tommy. I'm going to tell you right now. That's an ideal. 305 is not where you want to be. I don't know how many teams affect the numbers like 338. So 305? Yeah. Not good. Not good. Not a good number. So, yeah, I mean, Zeb hasn't played to what, you know, what you would think he would so far this year. You know, it's sometimes – and Earl says it. I mean, some shots you got. We got to keep shooting. You know, we don't need to be hesitant if they're if they're making them. You know, you got a guy like Sam Miller that really can shoot. He's got a great stroke. You know, obviously Riller can shoot threes. He has not made the the three pointers that he even remotely close until the VCU game that he had, that he had made yeah. um, last year. But yeah, you know, and then Jalen McManus will shoot a three, and then you're seeing Rashard pull up and. Is some of these some of these shots at times, you know, and, and McClooney has come on a little bit, but you know, th- there was an ill-advised shot there at one point in time. So yes, we we've got to shoot the ball better from the perimeter if this team is going to have the success based on exactly what you said, how we're constructed and how we're gonna we're not gonna score on the offensive end if we're not making threes. I'm trying to figure out if it's so if Coach Grant is, is confident, let's say the guys are knocking down threes in practice. Sure. Is it just they're not getting good shots? Because there were some times in that Richmond game when they were pulling up for like a three late in the shot clock or kind of a one-on-one type shot. It wasn't like the ball was moving around. And the stats back this up. I'm looking at the box score. The team only had six assists for the game. Not a great number. For the game. No, that's 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 uh, subpar. Um, six assists. Yeah, so we're... Look, I, and I'm not going to go breaking down our offense against what they were running and you know what motion we were doing against. I mean, you could, but you don't have to do it right now. I know you could. I absolutely. You know, this is a podcast and we're not together. <laughs> I would usually break out the chalkboard or my whiteboard and show you what we can do to execute better. But uh, we can't do that, so that's, that, that visual doesn't exist for us. Um, Next year, I know that you will be televised. So I'm excited about that. Of course, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> right, I'm going to work out that contractual deal for the ESPN. Um, maybe right after like Levitar on the ESPN News. Yeah, 11:30 p.m. weeknights on ESPN. I will have I will have the whiteboard ready then next Perfect. year. Perfect. So yeah, man, I, I think that, but I do see I do see confidence. Okay, when you say identity, yes. Okay, we can get down to how we've been shooting, what we haven't been doing, but you're seeing you're seeing some better you're seeing some better execution. You're seeing Sam Miller with the ball. You're seeing t- some tougher plays from OC underneath. Um, you know, McManus is making some plays where he's at least getting some rebounds. You're seeing something gel that has just felt really off on a new team, like we just said, losing or like I just said, losing a superstar like Brantley. Um that it seems to be they're figuring out what what that is, so that they know they're going to have to box out. We know we're giving up size. We're giving up size to Grant Gold. We're giving up size yeah. to VCU. It's anyone we play, but we, those fundamentals have got to be there, and we're going to have to 
but we're going to have to move the ball well and make the shots when we get them. And we have, we do have shooters. And I don't think you would disagree that we've got a bunch of guys that can knock down shots. And uh, hopefully that, um, you know, the confidence we're talking about and identity, you know, that confidence carries over from these two games. There are two losses, which suck. Yeah. But two losses suck. You, can't, you know, you can't say that. But there were great takeaways, in my opinion. Last thing on the uh, Richmond game. Did you notice uh, Doug Wojcik's nephew on Richmond? You know, I <laughs> I did. Um, I It was actually pointed out to me, and I, I was slightly embarrassed because I think that I have a relatively high basketball IQ. I did not know... That, that I know one logic is at Loyola, mm-hmm. Chicago, and then and then I did see Tim Schofield, one of our donors, was on our board uh, for the College Charleston Athletic Fund. Said you said you you know that's Wojcik's kid. I said you got to be kidding me. It was just twisting the knife a little bit more from that law. Yeah, and then right after he said it, he like drives the lane, <laughs> kick out to Francis lefty swish like literally in my eyeball from where we were sitting behind the bench and i was like oh man you hate to see it all right let's let's talk vcu so this game again i i had to catch bits and pieces of it right um, the other night but kissing babies and you know hanging hey, out with you know. president shoe i mean you were doing your duty as a college of charleston alumni a great alumni at a formal setting in dc and I'm very disappointed they didn't have a game. I'll tell you that right now. President Shu was like, you got to watch out for that David Crowley character. He's a loose cannon, that guy. That would be something that would come out of his mouth and yeah. a lot of other um, senior members of our faculty at the college. <laughs> so I good on him if he said that. Yeah. Well, on so I saw it on TV. Seemed like a bit of a weird atmosphere with the students not being there. Didn't have that same kind of buzz that the OK State game did, even though this was – just the third ranked team to come through TV arena, but um, good showing overall, even without the students, but sucks that uh, that game was scheduled during Christmas break for those, those kids. It does, you know, and we end up with those games, right? We end up with a couple of those games every year where we're playing, we get, we get an LSU in and the students are gone. We get, um, you know, and it's, and it's just, it's, you know, you and I live this life of being a mid-major basketball fan and, you know, if they're coming in, we'll take it. Um, it was it was interesting um, in the sense that, and I think you said it. I even looked. I think I saw I saw some of your tweets that you had posted or, or, or whoever posted in the account that it sounded like a lot of VCU fans. There were. I mean, there, was, there, was, there were sections. They travel well. There's a lot of VCU fans in Richmond. And, you know, the one thing about VCU, and, you know, I've, I've brought this up to, to our board and to – you know, they're 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 the comp. We're not a comp with them right now. They're the comp we want to be. VCU's thirty thousand students commuter school. We don't comp. We don't compare there. Wow. We where we compare VCU is that Charleston has the potential to be a mid major like VCU when VCU made their Final Four run in the Colonial. I think that we aspire to be a program like VCU, and they've gone through the you know, the Shaka Smart, the, the Anthony Grant before that, and Shaka Smart, and Will Wade, and now Mike Rose. And, and they're tough, man. Started the season yeah. with their preseason, the AP fall, I think, ranked 20. And 
and they got mm-hmm. everybody back. And they got four guys back. Um, and looking for revenge after we took them down in Richmond last year. A hundred, a hundred percent. And then you know, you go into the game if you want to start talking about. Well, yeah, I guess you just you weren't you weren't watching the first day, but so man, you know, it started off a little sluggish, and you weren't feeling. It was like, oh, this is not what I want to see. It was eight to four at VCU. Right, it did kind of start and, slow. And, and then, and then you saw a half of basketball that I don't know in my many years of being a diehard college Charleston basketball fan that I've seen many or any halves like that were that electric. Um, it shut the VCU fans up that were there for sure. I mean, all of a sudden you went from hearing this applause, like being a little bit loud, and like, wow, they got they got some people here to we're lighting it up you three so what you and i were talking about like and it wasn't sustainable we end up we in the half i think we shot 71 percent from the field i think we were nine of 13 that's right that'll that'll call some electricity for sure it it, it was awesome i mean look don't get me wrong there's no way you can't be excited to see that stuff and we were popping that zap is playing the best game he's played all year Sam's making shots. Riller's making shots. Um, I mean, we couldn't have played a better half of basketball. And you, you felt like we're up 15. They make a layup right before the buzzer. We're only up eight. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's a credit to to the VCU team that things were going so so right for Charleston, and VCU was never really out of it. Never were. And um, you know, we've got that nice McAllister suite upstairs, and you know, for our or donors and, and Golden Cougar members, and we all went up there at halftime, and everybody was amped up about the game. A lot of times that halftime thing, it sort of beers up there. People are slow to get back to the seats. People were rushing out. Um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of friends and donors up there and board members, and they're, they're all super excited. I'm like, you know, I wasn't trying to kill the buzz at that point. <laughs> I, you know, I want to win the game. But, I, but I'm also realistic, and I'm watching up college basketball to know that's not sustainable. Yeah, like we might uh, might regress to the mean after uh, after that first half, which is it. Yeah, what yeah. happened? I, I I told a buddy, I said, look, we get away, we walk out of this gym, we win by one point. I'm psyched. Oh yeah. You know, shots on me at kicking chicken, right? Um, well, I mean, that's how the game at Richmond last year was. Remember the end of that game? How nerve wracking it was with. I think oh, we played over 50 times in that game, especially Havoc, for baby. Havoc. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what they do, the way that, and, and that's what they've done for years and how they press, and they've got the length to do it. And I, I'm really surprised they didn't do it more in the first half. You know, you didn't, you didn't get to see, but they, they, they weren't doubling Riller. They were, they were pressing, but they were, they were one on one, man to man. And, you know, we've got ball handlers. You know, between Zep, Galloway, and Riller, we need the ball to four. But they could they wore us out quickly once they started trapping and going into their real press. Yeah. And I mean, literally, there was so anyway. So you get through that a hell of a half of basketball, and you, you got to be proud to see it again. Back to what we're talking about identity. It's a confidence builder, man. I mean, it, you got to walk away and say, going into conference play, look at that first half. So that's to me, it was three. Re- Look at the two games, the teams from Richmond. Three really good halves of basketball for the college. That's true. Against yeah. two really, really strong opponents that have potential 
to, to do some damage when they get to the NCAA tournament because those two teams are good enough to beat anybody. So you look at three really good halves, and then we come out, you know, and then we're fine from the start, and there's about a three-minute stretch, and they go full-on into their Havoc mode, and, and we're taking some bad shots, some quick shots, and, um, you know, some ill-advised threes, and they're turning us over. And, I mean, it, it was a blink of an eye being up seven to down two. And then you want to talk about there all of a sudden I had two VCU fans sitting right in front of me. I have no idea how it happened. We, we all made nice, but then when they went on their run, I don't think my friends were really big fans of them. And, uh, understandable. Yeah. But yeah, but you, you really could start to hear, you know, when they got up two, I think it was 54, 52. And, um, yeah, you all of a sudden realized that there was a lot more VC fans than we thought. Um, and yeah. you know we made we, we we tried after they you know they get up what was it they get up almost ten um, if not above maybe they made, no they got up look, I remember looking at the clocks four thirty to go and they were up twelve and that was like kind of the situation in Chapel Hill when we beat them we were calling this me and my buddies were joking around I said VCU this is the Christmas miracle you know this, we, we need a Christmas miracle <laughs> and. Uh, and we thought we were done, and then we made a run again right there at the end. And um, where Sam Miller hits a three, uh, no, Galloway hits a three, we cut it to six, we get a big stop, and there's about 2.30 to go, and Miller goes down the floor and goes to tax the rim. Exactly what you want. Questionable offensive foul call. Right. And he makes the basket. That could have been three points, making it a three-point game with plenty of time on the clock. How about the uh, the two three-point shooting fouls that Zepp had in a in a five-point game? Garbage. Yeah. I mean, garbage calls. I, I don't. I'm right there. That was my end before. That's where you know I sit in section 105. And after Riller made the basket, appeared to be a foul, but so they called him. Oh, Grant took his jacket off. I don't know if I've ever seen it. You know, it's it's few and far between. And if he does, he's meaning business. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, well, Riller Riller had a great game overall. I mean, twenty six points. He was hitting threes, which he hasn't really done consistently this year. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, Sam Miller got the start. We forgot to mention that his first start of the year, and he yeah, uh, he had a nice game, eight points and twelve rebounds. Yeah, you, you gotta like seeing that. You know, you gotta like seeing Sam getting boards. I mean, he's six nine, right? And I, you know, I think he does like taking shots from the outside. But you know, those two games, those two games, he 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 played well. Um, was able to box out, get rebounds when we needed them. But yeah, on that on that Zep thing, yeah. that, you know, when Riller made that shot, called the other. It was a. You don't see a seven-point swing, Tommy, often in college basketball. Arguably, it was a seven-point swing with the foul and one other than four. They missed a couple calls. It looks like it was kind of a couple offensive fouls there. Anyway, long story short, they ended up getting his three free throws, and that was the dagger. That was the end. Yeah, it seemed like the guys were kind of wearing down, too. Um, Riller, Jasper, Galloway, and Miller all played over 32 minutes. So it seemed like right. Grant was was willing to to live and die with his starters in there. Uh, Jalen McManus zero points, one rebound in this game after four points in Richmond. Yeah, we're gonna need so we're gonna need something there because we we didn't we haven't had much there um, for a while. It was looking like he was gonna be the second leading scorer when when Gallagher sure. was struggling, and I think McManus was averaging over ten. But the, these last two games, he's 
he's had a tough time. Yeah, and you're right. And if you look at it, like you're, you're talking about identity and where we are, and we've got all these players step up, and you know we kind of need, you know, we need we need five guys to play and at least play decent. And um, you know those little those little chinks in the armor are going to be exposed. I and mean, we've got one of the best players in the country, and possibly a first round draft pick, and all the help is needed surrounding. So. You know, it shows up. I mean, McManus doesn't play well, and, you know, we, we end up where we did. But overall, if you, if you recap, if Mr. Richmond. Yeah, let's hear it. Right. Mr. Richmond recaps these these two games, and I've, I'm on plenty of text chains that were just the most negative things you could have ever read this morning. <laughs> and I was like, you guys, man, like, you know, you, you just can't put us in, you know, don't put us. We didn't. We weren't Chapel Hill that lost to Wofford. This isn't the end of the world. The end of the day, we've got to get to DC. We, we need to have a good year of conference play. And what we thought was a down conference, and the conference has played well. The conference has played well out of conference going into conference play. The com- yeah, the conference overall is, is good, and there's no standout team yet. So uh, Charleston's playing a brutal schedule, but they might still be okay. Well, I, I t- my, my takeaway from these two is that we're, we're developing an identity. And on the defensive end of the floor, we're, we're playing some good basketball. Um, we got to make the shots. And we – I wish we could have just divided that, that nine – those nine bombs in the first half between the two games and between the halves, and we may have two wins, you know. So um, we got to shoot better. We got to make those shots. And, uh, you know, I don't think that um, – I think you walk away and say this team is getting better. So, uh, I feel good about moving forward, moving into conference play, and that, um, that, that we can do some damage and we can take over and we can win the CAA this year. So, hopefully um, hopefully that's sentiment with our, you know, our players and, and our, our coaches. And, um, you know, we, that, at the end of the day – I'm coming up to see you, man. I'm coming up to DC. You're headed up here in March. Yeah, you got that red carpet ready. Oh yeah, man. I got a I got a futon couch with your name on it, man. That is the red carpet I'm talking about. <laughs> you, you, me, and President Shu will be chugging beers at the at the arena there. He he will be 100 percent down for that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I feel good about what we're going to do uh, moving forward, and um, you know, hopefully, hopefully you do as well. I do. Yeah, I mean, I. The, the schedule that CFC played is not comparable to anything anybody else in, in the conference has played. It's by far the, the toughest. Yeah. So, I mean, do you remember Northeastern would always play tough non-conference slates and then they, they'd come into conference play like six and six, five and seven, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But then they'd just kick it into a whole another gear in conference play. And it's because they took their lumps. They got better. They played good teams. They tested themselves. So that's what I keep telling myself is is what you said. Hopefully they're they're learning from what they've done well in these games, and when they take a, a level down in, in competition, it, that those close losses turn to, to close wins. So that's I'm I'm optimistic as well, but yeah. we won't know until uh, we get in, into the CAA play. We won't, but I think you're right, and that that is that is a great assessment. That comparison with Northeastern when when they when they have played and had the good teams in the past two years, and I think it was even last year they came into the conference where they were you know five and five, and maybe had a few injuries with OCS and 
Pasika and wherever else, and you know they weren't they weren't full strength, but they but they were they were you know they had another gear when when conference play started, and uh, being battle tested against really strong defensive minded teams, you know the Johnny Dawkins team, the Mooney team from Richmond, VCU with Mike Rhodes. I mean, that is that is what you want going in. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, man, usually you're not going to catch me as the most optimistic person on the planet when it comes to it. But at the end of the day, conference tournaments, what's going to matter, and, and building a resume going into it, and, and you know, hopefully, winning the conference and being the one seed, and um, you know, this identity we keep talking about. Just we we see what that is. These guys keep improving, and um, we got we got one of the best parts of the country. We don't we need to get back, man. You and I had yeah. the party in San Diego. I mean, that was that was the adult spring break. So um that was awesome. yeah, let's oh yeah, I'll come see you in DC and then we'll be celebrating and then we'll figure out where we're going after that. One more thing I wanna talk about while I have you here is I mean, you're so close to the Cougar Club and you, you hinted at this a little bit with VCU. I mean, what's the recipe for, for getting Charleston to the level of a Dayton or a Wichita State or a, or a VCU? Great question. Um, you know, what, what it is, is is getting more people involved. I mean, really, at the very core, um, getting people into the arena, whether it's basketball, whether it's, whether it's tennis, whether it's women's tennis, whether it's women's volleyball, getting people that have a passion for sports, that have a passion for certain sports involved in our program at a minimal level, at a season ticket level, at a $100 donorship type level, coming in, seeing what the College of Charleston is all about, come going out to Patriots Point, experiencing soccer, experiencing baseball, experiencing TD Arena. I mean, that is, that is I tell so many of my friends that, um, you know, whether in commercial real estate or they work, you know, insurance companies, or they work for Boeing. This client entertainment, you, you can't beat it in the winter in Charleston. And um, so we need, you know, to start, we need more members. Because more members, when, once you get them in, you know, more than likely you're not going to lose them. They're going to buy in, they're going to believe, be a part of it. We need to increase what we're doing, and have more donors, have more people adopt the College of Charleston. Yeah. I just think that um, growing our membership base is going to do things that um, will help certainly impact positively our student athletes, but overall awareness of the college. Um, one thing that you know sometimes people don't realize is that uh, how important athletics is to branding the College of Charleston. You know, we're coming up on our 250th year, and you know. When our sports teams excel and we have the support and we have the financial backing to, to allow our sports teams to excel, to allow them to travel, do the things they want to do, when we're able to make the NCAA tournament, we're able to be on TV, we're able to get some exposure through CBS Sports Network, whatever, whatever it may be, whatever team it may be, um, that branding is priceless for for the college bringing in people from out of state and understanding more. Sure, they know about Charleston, but we want to get them to know more about the college of Charleston. And the, the opportunity for success for our programs, in my opinion, is 
absolutely untapped. And I, I think that all of our programs have potential to rank in the top 25 nationally. We've got a great place to live, a great place to be. And we just need these the people that are here in Charleston to adopt us. And um, hopefully we get more of that moving forward. And uh, we've got got a heck of an AD with Matt Roberts, who's leading the charge and doing an incredible job. A great president, President Chu. And, um, you know, the team around has, has just gotten stronger. Even you look at sponsorships. Kyle Denzel, who works with Learfield IMG, and he, um, you know, he's changed the game there. So we're, we're stepping up, and we just need a few more people to step up with us. So, you know, a whole, a whole part of program success is the financial backing. And, um, you know, we're, we've definitely broken records the past couple of years. Let's keep, let's keep breaking those records, and let's keep more people excited about college Charleston basketball. And you can – you can up the ante on the, uh, you know, the level of the people, the, the quality of people besides myself that are coming on your, on your, uh, on your podcast. <laughs> I'll start, I'll start paying people to come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, that's what I'm talking about. Let's get, let's get a sponsor for Holy City. Hoops. I mean, it's well, it's well deserved, my friend. If only there was some sort of uh bar or entertainment entity that could uh throw a couple bucks my way get some sponsorship I don't know uh, there. Hall's Chop House would <laughs> love to do it let me talk to the hall family and um no yeah we, look we'll talk offline how about that sounds good sounds good do you you got to work tonight you headed back there i'm done for the night we've been busy with christmas parties it's all been good uh i know you're a busy man so i appreciate you coming through hey man um what you've done is an incredible job with this with this podcast and this platform. Educate our fans and and um and I can't thank you enough. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I'll see you up in DC. See you in DC or maybe get down to Charleston, come to the alley and hang out. And your lanes are on me and your drinks are on me. A big mistake, my friend. A big, big mistake because I will take advantage. <laughs> Fair enough. Bring it on, my friend. All right, bud. I enjoyed it. Good talking to you.